Once we reached the apartment door again, Lawrence knocked. In almost the same instant his fist hit the door, I heard a soft rustling sound. The twist of Lawrence's head showed me that he had heard it as well. We made eye contact as the sound began to grow louder until it seemed to be coming from all around us. Lawrence started pounding on the door and saying, Taylor, open the door, open the fucking door. The first shell to appear from the stairs near the front door was an old man in green flannel pajamas. It was then that I realized I had nothing to serve as a weapon. I cursed myself for being so stupid. Luckily, it was one of the slow-moving shells. I had time to look around quickly. I saw what I needed in a small red and white metal cupboard hanging on the wall a few yards away from the shell. The red fire extinguisher was the only thing in the hallway that would serve as a weapon. My focus on the extinguisher was drawn away by a scratching sound from inside the door of the apartment next to Christina's. Lawrence looked at the door and then at me. I nodded at him and spun around toward the shell and the fire extinguisher. The distance to the extinguisher could not have been more than five or ten yards. However, in that hallway on that day at that time, the distance seemed like miles. The shell continued to stumble down the stairs toward me. As I reached the cupboard containing the fire extinguisher, the shell fell down the remaining two steps and was immediately sprawled out at my feet, reaching out to grab me. I did the first thing that came to my mind, and that was to kick the shell in the head as hard as I could. Although there was an audible snap, the head moved very little. The putrid undead thing continued trying to grab hold of me, but I managed to evade its hands and keep kicking. At the same moment I heard a squish sound and saw blood start pouring from the head onto the yellowish tile floor. Lawrence was standing next to me. He had his gun out and pointed at the stairs. The sound of shells slowly grew louder. The shell at my feet had stopped moving, and I grabbed the fire extinguisher from the cabinet. It was heavier than I had expected. I wondered how well I would be able to swing the extinguisher as a weapon. I did not wonder for long. A short, chubby shell with curly black hair and blood covering its face stood five steps from the bottom. Its mouth moved as if it was chewing something, and its foot slid forward toward the next step. The shot from Lawrence's gun hit the shell in the forehead, stopping any further movement and slamming the body backward against the wall. And just like that, the wave of bodies began pouring down the stairs. A male shell dressed in a dark green bathrobe and matching slippers stood on his knees in front of me. I swung the extinguisher with all my strength, and its head popped like a ripe melon. Lawrence's gun fired two times in quick succession. Two shells rolled down the steps. One of them struggled to its knees before I brought the extinguisher down on its head. The spray of blood and brains covered my legs and made me gag. I swallowed the bile in my throat and swung the extinguisher once more. This time, the canister slammed into the right ear on the side of a head atop the body of a shell wearing Bugs Bunny pajamas. The crease left by the blow exposed the ooze of brain, and I realized that the shell had recently been a boy about ten years old. All strength in my arm instantly drained away. The extinguisher hung at my side as I stared at three more shells coming down the stairs toward me. I cannot say precisely what I was thinking at that moment. I only know that I did not think about moving or taking any action to defend myself. I just stared at the lifeless bundle in Bugs Bunny pajamas at my feet, and then into the dead eyes of the shells awkwardly making their way down the stairs. They were only a few feet away from me, 
when Lawrence fired three more times. Two of the shells remained still at the bottom of the stairs. The third had been hit in the neck, and after falling backward, it started struggling back to its feet. The whole scene felt as if it was part of some distant event, not something that involved me. I was simply a spectator to actions beyond my control. Finally, Lawrence's voice cut into my meditation. Turner, watch that thing! Turner! I could not move. I was just a passive observer.